0: day
1: let's get it going on the locked on thunder podcast a part of the locked on podcast network your teams every day i am your host rather than styles you can follow me on twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That is at R Y L A N. Underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L O You can call into the show 405 362 Email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. And on today's show, Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, we're gonna dive into Sam Presti meeting with those of us who are in the media on Monday. And also we're going to talk about Oklahoma City reversing course on having fans in the stands, as well as the possibility that the Thunder could surprise the world again this season and how COVID will impact the NBA season. So a lot to get to and we start with the Thunder reversing course. The Thunder announced on Monday there would be no fans in the stands to start the season due to the coronavirus and the numbers in Oklahoma. And this is a different tune than what they said when the announcement was first made that the season would return. When we got that announcement, the Thunder almost immediately said that they were going to have fans in the stands. But now on Monday, as we get closer and closer to the season tipping off on December 22nd, that plan is now out the window. They will start this season with no fans. And I think that this is the smartest idea. If I was the NBA, I wouldn't let anyone have fans. I don't think it's safe to have fans in an enclosed environment, in an indoor arena. And as I said at the time... Look, the NBA has smarter doctors than I am. I am not a doctor. They have smarter people making these decisions than I do. Uh, I'm just saying that from the outside looking in, it did seem like a huge hurdle and a huge obstacle to get over to have fans in such an enclosed environment like Chesapeake Energy Arena. So I think that reversing course on this is a smart play. How long will OKC be fanless? Look, the numbers aren't getting any better, so I'd imagine that it would be hard to reverse course on the reverse of your course. So you start out having fans, and then you see the numbers in Oklahoma right now, and you decide, okay, well, we're actually not going to have fans. I would imagine at that point you would have to stick with the numbers in Oklahoma, and the numbers in Oklahoma are not going to be, you know, better in a a couple weeks. So, I mean, this is going to be for the long haul in the majority of the season, in my opinion. But we'll see what the Oklahoma City organization does. And maybe they just want more time under their belt. I mean, this offseason has been like a month. So, I mean, there's still a lot of logistical things to figure out with the player protocols, much less fan protocols. So, maybe they just want to give themselves more time. And it's not really based on what's happening around the state. Who knows? Uh, But what did catch my eye in, in, in all of this, right, was Sam Presti talking to us in the media and we'll get into his full comments coming up. But one thing he said whenever he did his, his preamble before he could ask questions. Uh, he, he went on and on about this organization and all the great things that they're doing and things like that. And in the midst of, of his preamble, he says that it's important for the Thunder to stand up for what they do and, and, and do what they do, particularly in a city like this one. And I think that that is true for the Thunder. That this announcement is big for uh, for being in the city that they're in. For this particular city to announce that they're not going to have fans in the stands is huge. Because the Oklahoma state government would allow for this to proceed. Kevin Stitt would... If Kevin Stitt could have full 100% capacity at Chesapeake Energy Arena tomorrow, he would do it. So the organization... If they wanted to be greedy and they wanted to and they wanted to go for the money grab, they could have whatever percentage the NBA would allow them to have by, by our state government. But instead, they look at that and say, you know what? What's the best thing for not only our players and our organization, what's the best thing for this community? And the best thing for this community is to go fanless. So I think that that is something that you can take with you in that Sam Presti is not just giving you lip service. Because if he was... If he was talking to you about the community and he was talking to you uh, about what this organization stands for, even in a community like this one, and then he went ahead with fans and this organization went ahead with fans, it's tough to sell you on that. But since the organization is turning down money, that's what it is, that they're turning down money and turning down revenue for the betterment of you at home, for the betterment of you in this community, they truly do care about Oklahomans. They really do. And so that's something you can take with you moving forward on Tuesday. So no fans to start the year. In my opinion, that's probably going to be no fans period this season. But we'll see if that can if that can change as we move forward. We'll just have to ride the seesaw and go back and forth if there's going to be fans, no fans, and things like that. So yesterday, Sam Presti had his preseason media availability with us. Uh, typically, Sam Pressy does do this a day before media day. This year, uh, it's not media day, it's media week. So, for example, today, we will talk with Mark Degnot, the head coach of the Thunder, and we'll talk to, quote, two starters for the Thunder. That's according to NBA PR. Now, the Thunder PR email just says it'll be Thunder players, but according to the official NBA PR, they sent us a, a follow-up email saying that for December 1st, we were going to talk to two starters. And again, that's subject to change. Mark can throw out there any two guys and just say, well, today they're a starter and just get through today. Uh, but we'll, we'll see who we're going to talk to. Again, as of this moment, I still don't know who we're going to talk to at 1130. But uh, this will take place at 11 a.m. for Mark, 1130 for the couple of players we get to talk to today. You can follow along on Twitter at, at Rylan underscore styles. that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I will thread all of their answers on Twitter, every single one, and you can make your observations there. A lot of people asking, will this be broadcasted? Typically, Media Days is broadcasted and is live-streamed, and, and they did live-stream the introductory press conference for the head coach, Mark Big note but they didn't broadcast yesterday's availability with Sam Preston. Now, that availability is archived on their Thunder website. You can go to my Twitter page and find the link to that if you just really want to watch it and listen to it in full. Uh, we'll talk about the the big headliners coming up. But typically, media days are broadcasted. I'm not sure what they'll do today, and I'm not sure what they're going to do this week. I would let you know, though, if that's something you're interested in, not only will I be you know, typing out all their answers and transcribing it on Twitter, on my Twitter page at Ryland underscore styles. But I would check out if I were you, that someone interested in this, I would check out the Thunder app and the Thunder social media pages at 11 o'clock and 1130 AM central time, because Whenever they do live stream media days, it is always on those two platforms. So if you go there and there's no live stream, then the Thunder are not live streaming. But we do not know any information really at all besides the time. So we just know we're going to talk to Mark. We know we're going to talk to him at 11 o'clock. And we know at some point at 1130, we're going to talk to some players. So it's it's, it's an adjustment period for everyone involved. So we will see what happens. And again, those live updates coming to you on Twitter. But we will talk about all the headlines from the the press conferences on tomorrow's show. But right now, let's dive into Sam Presti's press conference. And so he kicked off Media Week the way he normally does. He talked to us on Monday at about 3.15 in the afternoon. I want you to keep in mind that officially, Al Horford is not on this roster. So officially, he cannot talk about Al Horford. He did break the rules a little bit and talked about Teo Maldon, which I'm not sure if he's actually gonna get fined for that, but he did mention Teo Maldon. In his answers at some points in this press conference, he did not talk about Al Horford, and there's a reason why no one asked him is because he just simply cannot talk about guys who are not officially on the roster. So that will not happen until about December 8th if you read through the tea leaves. And so really what I want to get across here is just how excited Sam Presti got me for this season. And if you've listened to Lockdown Thunder before today, you know that I was very excited about the season already, even as the Thunder are projecting to be one of, if not the very worst team in the Western Conference. I still think this is going to be a fun team to follow. I still think it's going to be a fun team to cover. I am, I am over the moon excited for all of the possibilities that we will see this season. And Sam Presti did nothing to tamper my expectations whatsoever. And he, of course, had his money quotes of things like shifting the odds and David versus Goliath and, and using that kind of verbiage. And so it really makes you think like you're reading a self help book at times. So, I mean, it was, it was great all the way around. But you're not going to want to miss what he said about Shay, especially about Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Alexei Pukashivsky, and Kevin Durant. That is all coming up after the break. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Bilt Go. Bilt Go is a phenomenal one-and-a-half-ounce package that is so compact you can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, you can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or simply slide it into your pocket to help you make it through the day. It is an easy-to-take-one-and-a-half-ounce package to break through your physical, or Mental Wall Breakthrough with Built Go today. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing protein that gets into your system and helps you Quickly, while it's being easy on your stomach, it is a load of good stuff to ignite your work. And also, collagen protein promotes joint health, soft tissue health, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. Get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED. Get 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: We are back on Lockdown Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about not only what Mark had to tell us in his media week availability what the players we hear from tell us and again we don't know the players as of right now and also we're going to dive into the top storylines to follow which we'll get into a little bit today but as i mentioned before the break this team although it projects to be one of the worst in the western conference i i still think it has a, a ton of interesting storylines that should keep you invested in this organization throughout the next couple of years. So we'll break down all those storylines on tomorrow's show. But I do want to dive into Sam Presti because, again, he got me so excited. He starts out by talking about how this team has needed to transition and that they knew all along eventually they have to transition uh, into a new era. And he mentioned that he knew that specifically on July 4th, 2016, when Kevin Durant left. He, He only said July 16th, but we all know he meant when Kevin Durant left on July 16th. He knew the team had the transition. And so this has been something that he's been thinking about since way back then. And you can kind of follow along with it. He transitions into, okay, can we build around Russ? Let's bring in Paul George. Let's bring in Carmelo Anthony. Okay, that didn't work either. Can we can we get some value now for Paul George? Okay, yeah, we got the, the most historic draft capital of all time. Okay, what about for Russ? Okay, we got Chris Paul, and then you flip Chris Paul, and so this has been something brewing for a long time for Sam Presti is transitioning into the next wave and the next era of Thunder basketball, And and so I would take that. And if you had any doubts about if this was planned or if Sam Presti has a plan or if you should worry about what's happening right now, this is all very measured and all very. all very expected for everyone involved in this organization after 12 years of elite production. And he made sure to mention that a lot after 12 great years, after 12 elite years, after 12, etc. you know, averaging 51 season years, he mentioned how the sustained success of this organization after sustaining success in this organization for 12 years, it was time and it is time to transition into a new era. And with that came the question about Steven Adams and trading Stephen Adams, and what that was like. And the biggest thing I took away from that is his answer about culture. Because someone asked if trading Stephen Adams was ever thought about in the sense of, why don't we keep this guy to to really hold together what was the Thunder culture? We talked about that on this podcast. What if Stephen Adams becomes Nick Collison 2.0? And Sam Pressy first off pushed back in the sense of, okay, sure, but next offseason, we were projecting his market to be something we were not going to pay. So they were not going to try to re-sign Stephen Adams next off season, thus making him not Nick Collison 2.0. But the biggest thing for me is that he's not chasing the old culture. He's not trying to recreate 2008. He's not trying to recreate Thunder U with Shea, Dorton and Baisley. He's not trying to recreate anything. He's trying to allow this group to evolve into their own culture, and to carve out their own path, and to create their own era. They don't need to abide by some of the things that were attached to the last era of Thunder basketball. So evolving that culture is something I think that a lot of fans have worried about. And you heard it as soon as this team started to deteriorate this offseason. You heard it from fans. Well, what if they just become the Kings and they just always lose? Because once you start losing, it's hard to stop. And and what kind of message is that sending them to Shea? And and what kind of what kind of environment and culture are they creating? Well, this is going to be a team built for Shea. And Sam Presti made that known. Sam Presti talks about how not only does he expect Shea to take a step defensively, which I want to pause right here and talk about that for a second because I've said on this podcast before Shay has all the tools to be a really good defender and a really versatile defender. He just has to lock in defensively. And if this organization has talked to him about that and has, you know, put that into his mind and he's taken it to heart because Shay seems like from the outside looking in as a very coachable player and as somebody who will take constructive criticism and work on it, if he's worked on his defense and he takes that next next step defensively, he really will unlock that future top 15 player in this league that we've talked about before. and we, We've had many media members on this podcast before who have all projected him to be somewhere in that top 15 range of players. And if he can elevate that defense, he's right there, you know, down the line in his career. Not, not this year, but down the line in his career. But it starts with elevating that defense. And so he talked about that and also talked about how Shea is going to have the keys to this offense. I mean, Shea is going to be your ball handler. If there was any question in your mind if Shea was going to be the point guard this year, it should end after yesterday, whenever we met with, whenever we met with Sam Presti. I expect that Mark today at 11 o'clock will confirm that. Uh, but he made it known that Shea will have more time and a substantial amount of time as the lead ball handler, including saying that they will walk Shay through this process. They will allow Shay to grow through this process that there's gonna be rough nights. There's gonna be nights where it looks like he's not a point guard, but they're gonna to continue to grow with him and give him the cushion he needs to prove he can be a point guard. So what they said about Shea today to me should put to rest also any fear about what Shea will think of this team because Shea is getting tossed this organization to him. They are tossing him the keys and saying, look, we're going to build around you. We want you to grow. We want you to excel as a player individually, but also we want you to be the focal point of this franchise. And so if Shea does leave, you know, seven years down the line after the rookie extension, then so be it. He was going to leave anyway. It's not because this team didn't keep around Chris Paul to be another first round exit. They're gearing their team around Shea coming up. And so I I really enjoyed hearing that. And it confirmed what I projected yesterday and throughout this offseason that Shea was going to be the the ball handler of the point guard. So I'm excited to look at that as well. And there's really no reason not to make Shea a point guard because if he fails this year, if he just proves all year long he's better in that off-ball role, okay, he's proven he can do that. He was very effective last year playing off the ball and playing sparingly on the ball. So he's already proven he can he can carve out that lane for himself. Let's see if he can prove that he can be a point guard. So I'm very excited for that future. And then Sam Pressy talks about how much that he adores Darius Baisley. I mean, he talked glowingly about Darius Baisley, mentioning that he had multiple dinners with him inside the bubble, and he just loves Darius Baisley's mindset and mentality and his, his mental makeup. And just glowingly about Darius Baisley, Sam Presley spoke of him yesterday. And so if you're somebody who I see on Twitter, including myself, I mean, I am very high on year two Basley, And in the bubble, I was calling him building block Basley. So if you're buying Darius Baisley stock, yesterday did nothing to deter you from that. I mean, I am excited for year two Basley. I think that year two Shea can be a 25 point per game guy. And I'm interested in Darius Baisley's role in this team because I still think that his best assets – And his best skill set. And what got him drafted in the first round is his ball handling and his playmaking. And I want to see how they can unlock that. And how they can utilize that. Now that you take away the three guard lineups. In the sense of, you take away Dennis, a very ball-dominant guard. You take away Chris Paul, obviously a ball-dominant guard. And now you're only left with Shea. So can Baisley start to flash that ball-handling, playmaking aspect of his game? We saw him improve his Jump shot in the bubble and his shooting element. I cannot wait to see what he builds on for this season. And to that point, Sam Pressy talked all about how these young guys are very eager to evolve into their new role and to take their, their new challenges and to expand their games and to pick up the slack. And I wonder what that's going to look like. I'm excited. I mean, I keep saying it, but I'm excited. And so we did get to hear about Alexei Pukashevsky because we did not get to hear about him on draft night. Again, it's due to the fact that on draft night, technically Poku was a Timberwolf. But obviously now that trade is official. So Sam Presti finally got to talk about the guy who he's watched for over a year with the media. So what he said about Poku is coming up.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We're back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. After the show is over, be sure to swing by Hollinger & Duncan Podcast. The Hollinger & Duncan Podcast is a basketball podcast that simply makes you smarter. If you listen right now, you can hear John Hollinger, former NBA front office member, making him an NBA front office insider, and Nate Duncan, who is just an NBA analytics pioneer and a salary cap enthusiast. He does a great job breaking the game down, all that good stuff. So those two are a very powerful duo to make you a smarter basketball fan. So when this show is over, go subscribe and listen to Hollinger and Duncan podcast today on the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever it is you get your podcast from. So I want to I want to end the conversation about Sam Presley's media availability, which there's so many more avenues you can go here uh, with his media availability. And there's so many topics to be spun off of this, but we simply just do not have time. And you can go look on Twitter and scroll through all the answers he gave us at Rylan underscore styles. But he did talk about Poku. And this is a very hot commodity and a very hot topic around Thunder fans as it should be. It's your first round pick. And he mentions, of course, that Poku's adjustment Not only is it going to be difficult just because it's human nature that you're going to have a difficult adjustment coming from overseas, right? You have to adjust to a whole new culture, much less a whole new level of basketball, much less a whole new city, much less a whole new state, much less a whole new organization, all that good stuff. New teammates, everything, new living environment. He literally has to change everything about himself to be a member of the team. And Presti reminds everyone that that should not be understated. And I think that that is a good reminder is that this guy is not just making the trip from Atlanta to Minnesota and Minneapolis the same way that Anthony Edwards is. This is not someone going across the coast from LA to Charlotte like a Mille Ballas. This is somebody who is coming to the United States from overseas and is having to adjust to everything in a matter of like two weeks. I mean, the draft was literally two weeks ago. Training camp is today. Training camp starts December 1st. So, No matter what happens this season, that should always be in the back of your mind. What also should be in the back of your mind is that Poku and Teo Maldon and these rookies around the NBA, but again, specifically the Thunder, Poku and Teo Maldon, they have not played five-on-five basketball since March. And there's no summer league. There's three preseason games, and the G League is still up in the air of what's to happen there. So it's going to take some time for these guys to come around. Talking about the fun stuff, Sam Presti did watch both these guys in person, Maldon and Pokushevsky, and he mentions that with Poku, they, quote, fiercely scouted him. Now, I don't know what that means, fiercely scouted. That's a new term for me, but that certainly sounds like they did some heavy lifting and some deep dives into Poku. And again, there's that relationship with Presti and the agent who still work with the Thunder, and, and Poku's agent who's still works at the Thunder. But fiercely scouted was something that I found very funny. But he mentions that Poku has all the physical tools, and it's just a matter of his mindset, and if, if he's going to buy into the Thunder, if he's going to buy into this organization. And he praises in that same breath Kevin Durant's mindset. He says that Kevin Durant was the wisest 19-year-old he's ever seen because Kevin Durant could go have a bad night. He can go struggle his rookie year, but be right back at it the next day and, and hit the ground running and stay with it. And with Poku, he's going to have to adjust to the fact that you are going to have bad nights. You're not going to dominate the NBA night in and night out. How do you respond to those bad nights? But it certainly sounded as though just reading between the lines and kind of listening between the lines, I guess. It certainly sounded like Poku will play for the Thunder. This this is not a practice squad. You know, this is not a practice only situation. It's not a G League only situation. Now, how much will he play in December? and even January, I don't know. That I've heard mixed reports on that, but he'll play eventually. I'm very excited for whenever he does uh, in, the, in terms of the regular season. I think that he should play a lot in the preseason just because it's the preseason, but we'll see how all that transpires here in about 12 days. But again, the mention that he has all the physical tools and talking about how, you know, look, who would have projected Darius Baisley a year ago would be someone that we're this excited about. Lou Dort would be someone that we're this excited about. And he mentions that even Sabonis, of course, went on to have an all-star career in Indiana, was looked at the same way, like, oh, you're drafting Sabonis? Oh, oh, you're drafting Basley. Oh, you're drafting Poku? We don't know what these guys are going to become, what these guys are going to turn, turn into. And so seeing them grow and develop in their own path is going to be very, very interesting. And so I did want to talk on one more point of this press conference, which is very intriguing to most Thunder fans, and that is Andre Robertson. So Sam Presley did say that he has been in touch with Andre's representation, but his roster is pretty full in Oklahoma City. Reading between the lines there, saying that you've been in contact, but the roster is full, our numbers are are too high, that tells me he's not coming back. Andre is not returning to the Thunder, but that is your Andre update, as I know that that used to be a daily thing for Thunder media members to just get hounded by fans, about what's happening with Andre. That's what's happening with Andre. So I want to talk about right now the COVID impact on this NBA season because Sam Presti mentioned it in his presser. He says that, you know, you can expect stop and starts and the uncertainty of this season and and, and all of those phrases you've been all too familiar with in this pandemic. What about this season is so interesting to me is that I think it is equally as hard to tank as it is to win a championship. That sounds crazy, right? But I think it's equally as hard to tank this year than it is to win a championship. Because you first look at the lottery odds. So the odds to get the number one overall pick in the lottery, the bottom three teams have a 14% chance at the number one overall pick. The fourth worst team has a 12.5% chance. The fifth worst team has a 10.5% chance. So even if you drop to the fifth worst team, you still have a 10% chance, only four percentage points worse than the worst team in basketball at getting the top pick. And even if you drop to five, you still have a 42% chance to leap up into the top four. So, I mean, the lottery odds have already been evened out in in the sense of tanking. And so that hurts you a bit. Obviously, you do want that 14% chance at the top pick. You do want the 52% chance at remaining in the top four whenever you finish you know, in the bottom three of the league. But what about COVID is going to impact winning a championship and impact tanking? Because what if the Thunder, who I think that we can all agree on paper, while they shouldn't be a playoff team, while they shouldn't win very many games, they also should not be blown out in very many games. This is going to be a fun, young, scrappy team that just falls short night in and night out, that just can't get over the hump week in and week out. But what happens if for a couple weeks they're playing teams that are better than them, but those teams are missing top five guys in rotation. Those teams are missing you know, a, a very talented part of their team. I mean, God forbid you want no one to get COVID, but the fact of the matter and the reality of the situation is somebody is going to get COVID all throughout this year. All throughout this year, it's rare that a team is going to be playing with 100% of their players. So what happens if a tanking team like the Thunder, who are not just atrociously bad and are capable of winning games, go up against those teams who have tragically lost stars due to COVID? Then you start inflating your win total, and you start pushing yourself closer to the middle. And the middle is the only place you don't want to be, right? The middle is the only place you don't want to be. Because even if you're a playoff team this year, while you would dramatically cut your chances of, of getting kicked cutting him, obviously, it would also take to be a playoff team this year, Shea being a 25 point per game score Dort having another leap as he begins to be able to practice with the team and is on a full NBA deal. Again, remember that Dort did all that last year with his first practice with the team coming inside the bubble. So there's still a step for Dort to take. It will take Baisley having a big leap. It'll take tail Maldon looking like the first round talent we thought he could be. It would take Poku having a bigger role than expected. So, I mean, getting to the playoffs is not the goal, and it it's really shouldn't be your expectation or hope, but if it did happen, it would take so many good things for this organization that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. The only bad outcome would be finishing, like, ninth worst in the league to where you only have a 20% chance of getting top four and a 4% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Not impossible, but obviously less and less likely. And and you can get to that middle Because of COVID, because this team is not atrociously bad, because this team will not get dominated night in and night out, because this team will not set out to lose the games. Look, the the roster on paper is simply not good enough to compete. That's why people say the word tank. But when the ball's tipped and there we are, Shea, Dort, Baisley, Mark, they're all going to play and coach to win. They're all going to play and coach to win. And so COVID can dramatically impact winning a championship because if you lose LeBron in the postseason, if you lose whoever, Luka Doncic, which is a good example. Let's say that the Mavericks, a week before the play-in tournament or a couple days before the play-in tournament, lose Luka Doncic to COVID. Even though they're the seventh seed and they're six games better than the tenth seed, it's going to automatically trigger that play-in tournament. Let's say that they lose the play-in. Well, now you, you drop from the Mavericks who almost beat the Clippers last postseason without Porzingis getting ejected, with Porzingis staying healthy, and all those what-ifs, but they almost did beat the Clippers last postseason in the first round as a seventh seed. You go from that to, say, you know, the Kings, right? The Pelicans. That dramatically shifts the the landscape of winning a championship. And if the Thunder pick up a couple wins they shouldn't because they're still a competent team on paper, they're just not going to be very talented, against a fully healthy opposition team, it can really dramatically shift their tank. So, in all honesty, I I say all of this to get to this point right here. We don't know what's going to happen. In a traditional year, I would feel so confident saying the Thunder will finish bottom three. I would feel so confident doing what ESPN to the, did to them last year and saying they have a 0.2% chance of making the postseason. But with this COVID year and with my expectation for this team only being, hey, you're not going to get blown out night in and night out. And I said that way back before they even had a coach. So they're not going to get blown out night in and night out. Now, you you pair that with you might be playing teams better than you without their top guys, whether that is load management from the off season or that is COVID, God forbid. Who knows what can happen? Who knows? Pair that with you only need to be number 10 in the West to get into the postseason, to be playing after the regular season is over in the play and tournament. You just need to get to 10. Who knows what can happen? Marry all that with you expect a leap from Shea and Baisley? Predicting this thunder season in the Year of our Lord 2020 will be the hardest challenge anyone has ever faced when predicting basketball. But I'm very excited for it, and I hope you are too. So coming up on tomorrow's show, we will recap again day one of NBA Media Week. We're also going to get into the top storylines to follow throughout this entire season for Oklahoma City. Still to come, next week we'll have a big preview week leading into the preseason and leading into this Thunder season about the Oklahoma City Thunder, talking with your favorite media members around the Thunder, talking with even Josh Lloyd, fantasy basketball expert, about the fantasy basketball season and getting you prepared for the fantasy basketball season, which we will have a Locked on Thunder Fantasy League. So if you want to get involved in that, hit me up on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Or on the email address lothunderpod at gmail.com. So a lot to stay tuned with Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So subscribe wherever it is your podcast from. Leave a five-star Apple Podcast review and be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Thunder.